The government has released its plans for how to force farmers to pay for emissions by 2025 under Hewaka Ekanoa. Federated Farmers doesn't support it. With me now is Jane Smith, an award-winning North Otago farmer and the New Zealand representative on the Global Farmer Roundtable. Hi, Jane. Good afternoon, Heather. You like this idea? Um, Heather, you couldn't script a movie this bad if you tried, could you? I mean, to tax the most carbon-efficient farmers in the world and, uh, and end up with increased global emissions. It really is nonsensical at best. Okay, so you accept that this is going to push up global emissions because somebody else is going to pick up the slack and they're going to do it worse than we do? Exactly, Heather, and um, the government's paper today even models that itself, so I'm not sure why Damien O'Connor, Minister O'Connor, didn't get that memo, but it absolutely lays that out. And, you know, the government, Hawaka Ikenoa, and our farm industry leaders and even the Climate Change Commission have become obsessed with pricing methane at the expense of reducing it. And let us be clear, this should have been an emissions reduction scheme, not an emissions pricing scheme. And um, by guess or by God, it's not going to make it. I mean, this becomes a massive cost to the environment in terms of a whole lot of other facets of the environment. Um, And I'll go into the other costs um, in terms of jobs, etc. at the moment, but it's a a travesty that um, we're essentially going to be... um, subsidising farmers to not produce food. And that is, a, so I'll just repeat that, we will be subsidising farmers and taxing farmers at the same time, which again is nonsensical, to not produce food. And so that makes no sense at all. And let me be very clear, we absolutely want to pay our, our share, we want to play our part, but not offset the, world, the rest of the globe at the expense of food production, Heather. Do we have any idea, are there any models of how much this is going to push up the, the, the emissions by us removing our food production and having it replaced by somebody else? Oh, absolutely. And then there was a lot of metrics in there. And again, um, why I kind of didn't see, I don't know how much Golden Bay hay he's been smoking today, but um, he's certainly in La La Land if he has missed those metrics. And so, for example, for uh, sheep meat, um, there will be 135% emissions leakage. Now, that, as you know, that's a bit of a funny term, but it's essentially... Um, it's, it's, it's moving that, those emissions offshore mm. because we are so efficient. Um, and that, that is the real concern. And, you know, from an environmental point of view, and I totally, interesting enough, I agree with Greenpeace when they've said, actually, this is going to uh, increase global emissions. This is actually going to reward intensification of farmers. And, and forever in perpetuity, it is going to change land use. Um, so a move away from those, those uh, farmers that we, we, we put up, our, you know, put up as our... Uh, model farmers in terms of protecting biodiversity, protecting fresh water, that is totally going to move them into a monoculture of, of pine trees. Um, and that's already happening already, but it's absolutely going to escalate that heather. And, you know, you asked Damien O'Connor for those stats, and I'll give you some of those stats now, and I, I'm surprised he didn't have them at hand. But 13, at over 13,984 red meat sector jobs gone forever. One meat plant closed per year from 2030. Now, that's one meat plant closed per year. That's one small town essentially shut down per year. Over 2,000, 2,368 by some of the models. It's going to probably be higher than that. New Zealand's farming families walk off their land. Now, I'm a child of the 80s, and I've seen that happen before. Um, But this is walk off and be replaced by pine trees, not walk off and be replaced by another farmer. 2.8 million hectares of biodiversity-rich farmland at risk of being planted into, by offshore companies into a monoculture of pine trees. And as you said, the biggie is that $2.9 billion cost to pay for the emperor's new clothes. Gosh, that would pay for some hospitals, Heather. Too right. Jane, do you accept the models that he doesn't accept? Uh, absolutely not. Um, I didn't accept the Hawaka Ikenoa in its current form before the 
government tinkered with it, and we and I certainly don't accept it now. Now again, what I do accept is actually starting afresh to have a cup of tea moment, a dare I say it, Longy Douglas moment. See this as a bend in the road, not the end of the road, but look at this with a much wider lens. So actually look at it in terms of, um, as I said, guardianship of the land, the, the water, people, long-term lens on this um, in terms of uh, jobs for our people and long-term uh, environmental effects. So we, there are some other alternatives out there, um, and I've personally been involved in, a, in a, an alternative that's... Um, actually would be achieve all of those things. It would focus on the targets rather than necessarily pricing. It would um, allow markets to play out. It would barely involve the government, which, as you know, that is why farming is so innovative now. It's because the government haven't been involved since 1984. Um, it would keep all green advocates happy, which I'm one of those. And, and, and let's be really clear, farmers actually, they very much are. It would involve no subsidies because as a taxpayer, I find it very unpalatable that part of this plan, and this is, this is mind-blowing actually, there's a farmer welfare scenario in there. So farmers that can't pay this, and there's going to be a number of those, um, there's a farmer welfare, um, and there's also the 95% subsidy decreasing over time. We don't want that. We want to pay a full share, but we will pay a full share of the targets. So um, we want something that's admin light, innovation heavy, and, and giving farmers and the markets the ability to to meet those targets in the best way possible, not just blatant land use through a blatant um, uh, tax, an indiscriminate tax that will increase global emissions. And, you know, the public, we owe this to the public, we owe this to future generations of farmers, and we owe this to our community and our economy, Heather. And I don't see how this could ever get past Treasury. I really don't, Heather. Jane, it sounds like you should be running the show by the sounds of things. Good on you, and thank you very much for running us through that. It's Jane Smith, award-winning farmer, and also the, the New Zealander representative on the Global Farmer Roundtable, which actually is like the think tank, right, for, for farmers and how they're going to tackle this stuff, so she knows what she's talking about.